This is Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have just the classics for you, where you'll hear some great music from Taiwan. But first, join us for some interesting stories coming out of Taiwan on our live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Welcome here in Taiwan. It is Tuesday, May 11th. If you're watching us now live on Facebook, and if you're listening on the radio, it's Wednesday, May 12th. Pretty amazing how we do that, huh? Yeah, the days <laughs> just keep on coming and going. And today we'll be talking about a Taiwanese Iron Man, man wearing a jetpack seen around town. Also, a Goodwill hairdresser who's giving free haircuts. And three leopards escape from a wildlife park, not here in Taiwan, but in China. Also, um, people are talking about if it's okay to be a veterinarian instead of a doctor. And Taiwan is getting ready to welcome some more foreigners. We'll be telling you more about that in today's show. Okay, so I want to hear about the Taiwanese Iron Man. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, this, so this is a kind of a video posted to TikTok, uh, a platform which I'm not super familiar with, but uh, it was posted yesterday uh, on Monday, a 15-second video showing a, what seems to be a man in a jetpack flying over bil buildings and billboards uh, near Taichung in central Taiwan. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of got people kind of surprised and uh, yeah, I don't know, amused i guess uh, i mean although actually aviation authorities are kind of worried by this because it's not you're allowed to do that well you're not really That's, that, that sounds really dangerous that is the problem yeah i mean especially if you're kind of near an airport i think uh anything like that people really aren't happy for near you to be doing airport. that kind of thing <laughs> um yeah so it says that the civil aeronautics administration is says it's aware of the video and has launched an investigation into the incident um uh because apparently in taiwan Jetpacks are, are highly restricted, despite. Do their you have popularity. a picture? There is a. I mean, I can. I'll post the uh, the article. We have a the video here. I'm not going to play it because it's going to make lots of noise. But I will send that to the Facebook chat to our Facebook uh, viewers. You can enjoy that if you're listening on radio. Then you're going to have to go on Facebook and find this <laughs> link for you. So, if you guys had a jetpack, would you want to fly it around town? Would you want to fly over town? I mean, if I were going to fly it. I don't think it would be over Taichung. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be my first. Where place. would you want to go? I'd probably go in the mountains somewhere. Do you know oh, what I mean? Oh, where the scenery is nice. Yeah, like maybe Hualien or yeah, exactly. Or like kind or of, around the cliffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something around <clears> the coast would be nice. I mean, I don't know what the kind of technicalities of, of using a thing like this are. I don't know if you need to be kind of like near somewhere to get fuel or anything like that. How long can you fly for? That's a good question. I mean, my my only question is with this kind of video is that I feel like I've seen. A fair number of these things where it turns out to be fake. Do you know what I mean? I think like uh, these videos can often <clears throat> be just fake. So it may turn out. It does out, sound kind of uh, out of this world. Yeah, I mean definitely. I think that like it's probably likely that. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see, we might, but you might. It's the kind of thing where you might see in a few days a story kind of being like, well, actually, this is fake. Uh, it turns out this was not true. <laughs> but for now, it seems that there's a, a new superhero in town. That's... Taijong Man. Huh. Okay, well, Jen Delari said, um, if I had a jetpack, I would uh, absolutely... Let me see here. Be flying into the scenery. Yeah. I would too. That sounds like fun. I think so too, yeah. Um, Douglas North says, I'd like to fly over Area 51, but I think that's frowned upon. Yeah, I think you might get shot down, Douglas North. Oh, if wow. If you try that's to do that. That's pretty intense. <laughs> 
And then we have some other people saying hello. Amir Jam- <coughs> sorry, Jamil is writing from Pakistan. He says we sound good. Joshua Buendia, hello from the Philippines. And, um, okay, yeah, so share our show and continue to uh, comment as we as we talk about interesting stories um, from this area. We have another story um, about some wild leopards coming up. Okay, this is a true story about three leopards that escaped from a wildlife park. Tell us what's going on. Right. Uh, it happens in the eastern uh, Chinese city of Hangzhou. And there's a park called Hangzhou Safari Park. And then on May 1st, some villagers um, there, they saw a leopard. And however, uh, the park didn't tell the public about the whole thing until wow. uh, May 8th. <laughs> so actually, three leopards, you know, um, they they escaped from the park. Fortunately, um, they have, um, you know, found the two leopards, but one leopard uh, remains on the loose. So oh the park God. is actually is under, you know, under fire from the public because that's, you know, that leopard is pretty dangerous. And then right oh, now. Oh, so, wow. Yes. That's a big city. It is a big city. Right now, they are using, um, you know, hunting dogs and drones to find the the missing a uh, leper, mm. and but in and also um, I, I think that the, the park has been under fire because um, they should tell the public um, right away. Right away, you, they, they can't wait until you know one week or you know eight days later. And the reason <sighs> why they did that, I I think some people are saying that it's because. May 1st is um, from May 1st to May 5th. That was a long weekend in China. So uh, the, le- um, the the park wants to make money. Oh. So, if you well, tell- so they, they didn't say the right. leopard was missing. Right. So oh they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't tell the public. So, so you know, awful. Chinese web users are strongly criticized of the, park, of the park. Now, think about this because the park, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the leopard, that kind of leopard, it has a, uh, a Chinese name. It's called... Jingqianbao, and literal translation is money leopard. So uh, Chinese web users are saying the park wants m- money, <coughs> but they don't want the leopard. Right. <laughs> well, so that's really bad. They're losing, I suppose they're probably losing both at the moment. They've lost oh, the leopard yes. and they're probably losing a fair amount of cash as well. Right. Actually, five uh, park officials have already been, you know, taken into custody. Oh, really? Yes, I think they, they should. should. They should. They should go to jail. That's, you that's know, endangering that's, public yes. safety. I mean, yes. I, I don't know. I mean, I think like Taipei has had a few kind of animal escapes recently. I, but I, they're minor animals, no, like I an anteater. Uh, you know, really cute But animals. I'm just curious as to like how these happen. Like, you know, can anyone... Especially I want, like, a, leopards. Yeah, can yes. someone recreate... I want like a reconstruction, you know, like kind of, they're kind of in like and these TV like crime things. Whole, yeah drama of how they got caught and everything yeah i mean but how but does someone leave a door open like is it they climb through bars you know i don't know I, i'm struggling to picture it i feel like china is not very transparent about a lot of their problems mm. and so like even this entire process i don't expect them to be too transparent about it. people are afraid of the blame right mm. oh yes and we see course. the same thing with the pandemic they they held off for many weeks or months before yeah. telling everyone because they don't want to deal with like you know the reality 
Yeah, the shame. Bad news. It, it doesn't kind of. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. You know, exactly. Makes it worse. Makes it worse. Get worse. You know, mad at you more. I mean, it's, no one's been hurt by these these letters. Right, fortunately. Fortunately. But fortunately, but you know, think about this. If something like that happens in Taiwan, that would be a totally different story. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think we would be aware right away. I mean, we knew about the anteater, right? We knew about the anteater. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> kind of causing too much harm to anyone. Is there anywhere near this place? With I mean, you know. I'm kind of backing the leopard in this situation because I, you know, I kind of, I kind of fear that, like, you know, in these situations, it's often the leopard doesn't get caught in a nice way; it, it just gets killed. Do you know what I mean? They oh, authorities. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, I mean on, on, I'm not an expert on this, but I feel like in a lot of these situations, end in the animal. Not they don't end very well for the animal, to put it lightly. Um, I wonder if there's any sort of mountains or anywhere near there that they could, could escape right. into. Well, according to to what I read, uh, you know, in the newspaper, a drone spotted the, the leopard oh, oh, really? on Sunday. But the animal, they they, uh, they fled the scene when people tried to, you know, catch it. Oh, right. Oh, where did they spot it? I wonder. I don't know. Near the, I think that it, near the mountainous areas. Leopards are fast. Yeah. yeah. They're not They're like fast, anteaters. <laughs> fast runner. Probably harder to catch right. than an anteater. Anteaters, they like to eat matcha cake. You know, they just tempt <laughs> them with a little matcha cake. But leopards, I don't know. Yeah. They probably like it in the wild a lot better, yeah, right? Yeah, I think they probably, they probably know how to get around. <sighs> Douglas North says, I agree, Paula. That's so irresponsible. Jen Delari says, maybe that's what the missing anteater was doing while she was missing, ran off to China and taught the tigers how to escape. Yeah. <laughs> that's doing, a good imagination. Maybe it's kind of like a, you know, <laughs> online tutorials become a kind of escapee influencer. Taiwan is on its way to making it a lot easier for people like Stash to work here. Mm. Isn't that nice? Yes. So, more uh, of me, please. More of Stash here in Taiwan. <laughs> we want more of Stash. So um, just on Monday, the legislature approved its preliminary reading of a proposed amendment that would lower the requirements for foreign white-collar professionals to work in Taiwan. So it would make it um, hopefully attract talent in key areas such as science, economics, culture, education, and it would give you extended tax deductions, mm. less taxes. Lucky me. And health insurance coverage. Do you have health insurance coverage? I, here? I believe I do. You it's do. My, uh... Okay. And then um, make it easier for you to become a permanent resident if you want to. Mm. How, how, how hard you, is it now? I feel like you have to be here for, you have to have, be working for five years to get an That's APRC. That's quite a long Yeah. Time. And, it's, and it's quite tricky because I think it has to be kind of continuous almost. It's like, you know, wow. or maybe it's a total of five years. But anyway, I know people here that. I mean, I think there's a whole <laughs> Facebook group like dedicated to people trying to get their APRC because it's not a, which is the kind of long-term residence thing. It's not an easy process. What's the difference um, when you have one and when you don't? Um, I think you you have a lot more freedom to do uh, things like freelance work. Um, I think when you have an APRC, I think when you're tied, when you have an ARC, which is the kind of the current, the alien resident card, mm -hmm. which is the, the normal kind of um, visa, I guess, uh, that is a bit more restrictive in terms of, you know, tying you to a company and dictating what kind of work you can do and what kind of work you can't do. So I think, for example, teachers uh, are famously, those those kind of conditions are very strict, especially for teachers. And so if the teacher is sort of found doing, doing, something, else. doing something else, then they're, they're in trouble. Even a little thing on the side. Yeah, I think so. Um, so... So it's so I, yeah. So I guess an APRC gives you that kind of flexibility, and I think it also means that you yeah you you can be unemployed for longer periods of time and so on. Um, so it's good to see that kind That's of good. That kind of flexibility. 
They also um, want to attract foreign teachers because Taiwan wants to be a, a bilingual nation by 2030. So they're planning to you know, teach a lot more English, obviously. And also they have this new um, clause that, that would apply to you, Stash. Fresh, fresh graduates from the world's top 500 universities will be eligible to seek a career without any experience. Okay. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. So Stash... Graduated from Oxford or Cambridge? I forgot. Oxford. 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 Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the difference between the two? I know they're Ooh. both really good. Tell me what you think. <laughs> that is not a big difference. <laughs> yeah. There, I, I think there's a big difference from what I read in the newspaper. Oh, really? Oxford. What? Oxford's better? Best uh, okay. university in the whole world. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it depends who you ask. It depends who you ask. Uh, I, I, I can't remember what the latest rankings say, but, you know, they're all, it's all roughly level pegging. Um, Oxford is slightly older. Oxford's almost a thousand years old. And, wow. A thousand years old. Yeah. Wow. What about Cambridge? Cambridge is, I think, about 900 or 800. Oh, so. okay. So obviously Oxford's the better one. <laughs> I know the best. And the oldest. Yeah. Let, us know, yeah. let us know in the comments if you've been to either of those cities because they're very nice places, you know, oh. built around these historic historic buildings. I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing about, I think, the difference when you go to... Um, it's kind of like running joke when uh, tourists come to Oxford is they're like the kind of the stereotype of the american tourist who's like oh where's the university and it's like you're in it the whole the whole city is is the university Are you serious? i mean you know historically it was just the university and so everything that's there has been built around these old buildings like all the restaurants and everything would be well i mean a lot of it is, a lot of it is land, in, in the land i mean i mean but if you if you're being you know specific there it's made up of lots of different colleges and those are dotted all around the city and so, all of that's oxford yeah, there's not like a single, there's not like a kind of a separate campus where like the university oh, is. Um, interesting. Yeah, so it's a nice, it's a nice so place a, to be. So it's a campus t- town. Uh, you could, you could I suppose you could describe no it like campus, that. But it's, though. but I mean, it's, I suppose campus, yeah, exactly. Like campus implies that it's sort of centrally designed, you know, in the last probably 100 or 200 years, whereas this is something that's grown organically over a thousand or, or far, at least 500 or so. Um but yeah, so so graduates like me would be uh, well. I mean, graduates also from a, a far broader range of universities. Five hundred, top five hundred. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty. That's, that's pretty, pretty good, big. right? Yeah. So that means, you know, you can be a fresh graduate. You don't have to have any mm. experience because you had to have some experience before you started working yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. I think you relevant need experience. Two yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm really glad they're doing this. I feel like we need more foreign talent, yeah. right? Especially yeah. if we're going to be a bilingual nation. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. The teachers is something that is going to need a lot of work. I mean, as I guess in the UK, we're lucky enough, to, you know, for most of our kind of um, language classes and stuff, you expect to have a native speaker of the language teaching you that, that language, right? You know, have you ever right. a French teacher? I mean, not, not in 100% of cases, but in a lot of them, it's, it's someone from France. But I think, you know, I mean, this is true around the world and not just in Taiwan. Uh, you don't have native speakers teaching you the language. And that means that, you, you know. The language level won't be yeah, as high. Yeah, exactly. That's so, true. Yeah. So actually the U.S., because I interviewed American um, Institute in Taiwan official, they're sending experts from their um, State Department, you know, linguists, to tell us and help us to develop our language oh, really? programs. That's good. So we're getting some really good help. Yeah. So if you're listening and you don't live in Taiwan, would you consider working here in Taiwan? Because it's, you know, we're opening the doors. It's a great we're, place, yeah. We, do you like working here, Stash? Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's I a great mean, place Paul to live. I mean, Paula's right here. Yeah. You can't see me. 
Yes. Mm. And my boss is so great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jen Delari says that uh, Oxford sounds like Penn State, where she lived for a few years. The university was there first, and the city of State College built up around it. But the university also expanded at the same time, so the city and university are all intertwined. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Sabina has been to Oxford. Seniors there all look like professors to me. Does everyone look like I mean, really intellectual, very smart? <laughs> I mean, you know, to be honest, like you pro- they probably were professors. <laughs> there were a lot of a lot of kind of professors wandering around, and you don't you don't realize. You just assume everybody's. A professor, just, I think it's right. safer just to assume everyone's a professor <laughs> than just work on that assumption. I think it's like it, it would be. I think the university is about twin, just about twenty thousand people, and I think the population of Oxford is about. A hundred thousand. So oh, about, that many. Oh, yeah. Well, that's quite a lot of people. Still. Yeah, but still, like I guess it's, you know, you point at one in five people on the street. They're, they're, they're students, students or professors. I mean, particularly if they're like you know young, they'll probably be students. Hmm. Interesting. Jendalari says, "I think I'd go if I spoke better or any Chinese." Well, that's how you can learn Chinese is to come to Taiwan, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and also you know there are lots of uh, people in Taiwan who who don't speak Chinese, so you can get by. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd advise learning it for, right. for getting the most out of the experience but it's definitely you can get by with english you can definitely get by with english yeah, i mean i, I have know, friends yeah. who do that exactly so. i know i have friends who've been here for years and and don't barely know i mean you know they can often order a coffee or whatever it is that they need they need to get by but um yeah not a, by no means everyone is, is fluent in Chinese. that's true all the signs like you know for transportation are in english bilingual so you can get around town Douglas said he would like to come too. Well, we hope you guys really do come. Yeah, we'll yeah. get you in the studio. That would be fun. <laughs> that would I be mean, something. We really it? enjoy. Like, I think we'd have this, to build up to that. This, you know, having you a part of this show, but it'd be nice to have you in the studio sometime. So, anyways, uh, Taiwan is welcoming foreigners. Okay, so we have a Goodwill ambassador who is uh, giving haircuts. Tell us about this. Yeah, so that's right. So, I mean, Taiwan is, uh, I mean, geographically speaking, it's kind of a kind of long oval shape. And, you know, almost everyone in Taiwan, I suppose about 90% of the people live on the west coast and the kind of flat plains. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that's everyone. We've still got a 10%. And there are people in some quite far-flung areas still in central Taiwan, where we have the kind of central mountain range. And that includes Taroko National Park, which is... Oh, it's one a beautiful. Of, yeah, a beautiful place. It's a lovely... It's a huge kind of gorge that runs into the mountains. Um, uh, so some of those villages are very, very remote, and they can only be reached on foot. Uh, but luckily for them, in terms of their kind of hairdressing needs, there's a Taipei-based hairdresser called Ivy Zhang, who uh, does two trips a year to these two rural villages that can only Aww. be reached on foot. Yeah. So and she hikes and then she goes, does her free haircuts. Yeah, she, I mean, she loves, I mean, luckily, I mean, it makes sense. She loves hiking as well. I mean, if you hated hiking, this would not be... <laughs> you hated beautiful nature. Not be right? a fun <laughs> thing. Well, yeah, I mean, hiking isn't for everyone. But yeah, I mean, she says actually she'd invited other hairdressers to join her. Uh, but actually they were all like, oh, yeah, I don't know. too tiring for I them. think it's like a, it's like a two hour climb or something. They say the villages are only 10 kilometers away from the nearest town. But one has to climb two hours to reach uh, Dali and the other and another two hours to get to Datong, it says uh, in this article. So most of the village's supplies uh, are carried there on foot just because there's no roads. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I bet, I bet they're so excited to see her. I mean, yeah. she must get, you know, the royal treatment. <laughs> oh, you're here. Thank you, my yeah, hair. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So she went up there recently. This was, uh, I believe, this is last week. Uh, and and yeah, and gave and dyed a woman's hair there, and gave the the owner of a B and B a haircut. 
Uh, and yeah, I think it's just kind of a nice, kind of pleasant experience for for everyone involved. Um, and yeah, there's, I mean, amazing places to visit these kind of remote villages as well. I think it's wonderful to offer free services. I mean, I, I bet all of us could offer something of value free mm. to the community or to another community. Right. And it's nice that she thought of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's been doing this for three years, it says. Um, uh, and these people live uh, there of the Truku uh, people, um, which is kind of what the area is named after, I believe. Uh, or, uh, and they live at an altitude of 1,200 meters, so pretty high up. Um, so if you've got a skill and you like hiking, then there are definitely some people in need. That's a great idea. I'm not sure what I'd offer. What would you offer? Uh, um, I don't know. I could <laughs> Elocution teach lessons. English. <laughs> I could teach English. Yeah. You could do that too. Yes. <laughs> Enunciate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. Getting get English, get English all around. Right. Okay, so there's this big debate online about if someone who got into the top medical school here in Taiwan should become a veterinarian, which is what he wants to do. Is it a he or she? Uh, I think it's a he. Okay, well, but tell us why this has become a big deal and what the big deal is. Because, uh, you know, Taiwanese media always cover, you know, students, uh, you know, cover stories about uh, top students, about high achievers. But anyway, this student, um, he got accepted by um, National Taiwan University's uh, medical school. However, that wasn't his top priority. His top priority is he wants to be a vet. He wants to study uh, veterinary uh, medicine. So um, the school found, the university found it quite surprising because that's really rare. You know, top students, they want to go to top school. And in Taiwan, a lot of students, they want to study, you know, they want to go to medical school. And then so um, the story, um, um, a lot of um, Taiwanese newspapers covered that story. And then a lot of web users made, um, had a lot of comments. They said, well, why do you want to be a vet? You know, it's long working hours. You're not going to make a lot of money. And then there's another uh, web user said, wow, that's a really... Amazing, and someone even used a word like calling that student is a brave man. Mm. <laughs> a brave man. I, I can't believe this is made national news. This right? is national news, <laughs> right? Oh, students' right. kind of Gosh. choice of I don't know. I think it's like the stereotype, right? It is stero- uh, stereotype, right? People have to fit in a certain mold, and and every. And people, like being a doctor is like one of the so-called best, you know, fields in Taiwan. Mm. And people think, why would you want to give that up to be a vet? Yeah, but I guess. But what if you like animals? Yeah, more than, I know. I mean I, I mean, I definitely kind of, you know, commend this this person because that's that's not an easy decision to make given the amount of pressure from, I mean, you can see literally from the right. amount of press coverage this has had, the amount of pressure there is on people uh, to kind of do you know, go for these high, high flying kind of jobs uh, in medicine and so on. Um, but yeah, good on them for, for doing that. Right. But actually, one web user said, why, why that? Why don't you want to be a dentist? How about, a, you know, a dentist, a cosmetic surgeon? They make a, more money than a, a vet. So maybe it's not about the yeah. money. I, yeah. mean, I think it's clearly not I about the, the money. I think the personal interest. Yeah. Right. I mean, why does everyone have to like attach um, their values to someone else? Like, Assume that yeah. everybody's after the most highest paying career, yeah. where maybe that's not the most important thing to this person. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and if we get this person into, you know, veterinary science, then maybe they can, 
you know, help our anteaters. It's like uh, maybe he shouldn't have applied to NTU, right? Then he'd be getting all this flack. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so <laughs> NTU, just say, I just want to be a vet. It's Taiwan's best university, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's the Oxford of Taiwan, one might say. <laughs> so what do you think, Paula? I don't know. This is, you know, it's pretty common because, uh, you know, parents in Taiwan, they want their children to study something practical. Right. If you want uh-huh. to study literature, you, if you want to study sociology, they might tell you, well, it's, it has no future. You can't find a job after graduation. So something practical, something right. that makes money, yes. something prestigious, you right. know, and doctor has it all. And but so I think, on. you know, veterinarians, I think they have a pretty good career ahead of them as well. Yeah. I mean, dogs and cats are very popular. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, just in terms of kind of sheer business, there's so many. There's so many. Taiwanese are pet crazy. They are. I mean, every time I take my cat to the vet, it's very, he, he's, like the doctor is very, the vet is very busy. There's always bunch of animals <laughs> yeah. I mean and also I guess like so cute. you know if you find if you, it's something you really love and if, if being around animals is something you really enjoy then you're going to have a great time for the rest of That's your life true. oh I yes mean, although there are, I suppose there are sad moments obviously where you're like treating sick right. animals and stuff right. but but still, if that's if that's what you love, then you're gonna have a great Why great not, time. Right? Yeah. So I think that we should like. I guess it's probably not just a Taiwan thing, right? But um, yeah, we should like expand our value system. Yeah. <laughs> expand our horizons. We, we uh, wish the very best to this future veterinarian yeah. in Taiwan, and uh, thank you for tuning in um, and watching us today and joining our program. That is it for Here in Taiwan, and we will see you next time for Here in Taiwan. I'm Natalie So. I'm Paula Chow. And I'm Stash Butler. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye. Hello there, you've just tuned into Just the Classics. I'm Shirley Lin, the host for this week. And I'm bringing you music from Zhang Aijia, also known as Sylvia Zhang. The interesting thing is, I know Sylvia as a movie director or even as an actress, but not as a singer. In fact, I forget that she's a singer. I'm sure it's true of many Taiwanese people who know her. But then my thoughts are that when you're a celebrity as a movie director or actor or whatever... You know, it's like, why not try singing? And vice versa. Well, that's what I think about her. The fact is, she really started off as an actress at the age of 18. So before I tell you more about her, let's enjoy one of her songs. This one is called Tong Nian, uh, Childhood Days by Zhang Aijia.
I think I heard banjo in the accompaniment. Now that's really interesting. So that's Zhang Aijia, Sylvia Zhang, who's actually a movie director, more known as a movie director in Taiwan right now, more than so than her singing. But um, so. There's actually more hats that she wears besides just being a movie director, an actress, and a singer. She's also a writer and a movie producer. Producer, right? And I think that she's quite well known in other parts of the world, other than Asia, like Hong Kong, China, Taiwan, or Singapore, because she was a jury at the Berlin International Film Festival in 1992 and a jury at the Venice International Film Festival in 2018. So definitely, she's recognized for her works, for her movies. She's 67 now. Um, uh, she was born in Jiayi, southern Taiwan. I bet she speaks the local dialect Taiwanese or Hokkien, also known as Hokkien, uh, which I speak to. Um, because people from down south almost speak it instead of Mandarin Chinese. Anyway, she was not great in school. She actually dropped out of school at the age of 16 and then started her career as a DJ at a radio station. Oh, okay, so there's the music connection there. She first acted at 18 in the film The Tattooed Dragon in 1973. It was a martial arts film, and she looked really young in that movie, but you should have seen the trailer. It was more than three minutes long back then. I mean, nowadays, it's like, what, a minute at the most? I don't know. In the movie 203040, uh, that's the name of the title of the movie, um, which was made in 2004, it was about the lives of three women, aged 20, 30, and 40. And Sylvia wrote, directed, and acted um, in the movie, and she, she played the woman in her 40s. So she's really into acting and directing in her own movies. She seems to really like that and is good at it. Um, the theme song in 203040 was sung by all three main actresses, whom I think um, didn't, or well, maybe I don't know. Um, didn't seem to start off as singers. But anyway, uh, so obviously it included Sylvia. Now, Zhang Aijia really likes to take risks because she would rather do her own stunts, apparently, at least in some of the TV series of her playing a, um, direct, a detective or a police officer was. Critics have said that she's very flexible, willing to take on different roles and always willing to try new things. That's really her. That's very her, very Zhang Aijia. Now, here's a song she's really best known for. It's called um, Ai de Daijia, The Cost of Love. And it's often a song that's selected at karaoke. Just like the first song I played for you, I realized that that's a, a very popular song people like to pick at karaoke. Anyway, this one is called The Cost of Love. Ai de Daijia.
我心中，虽然已没有他。走吧，走吧，人总要学着自己长大。走吧，走吧，人生难免经历苦痛挣扎。走吧，走吧。为自己的心找一个家，也曾伤心流泪，也曾黯然心碎，这是爱的代价。牵挂，只是我心中不再有火花。让往事都随风去吧，所有真心的、痴心的话，仍在我心中。虽然已没有他，走吧，走吧，人总要学着自己。长大，走吧，走吧，人生难免经历苦痛挣扎。走吧，走吧，为自己的心找一个家。也曾伤心流泪，也曾黯然心碎，这是爱的代价。
So, what do you think about her singing? Now, Zhang Aijia, she's definitely directed more movies than she's released albums.、Um, if I'm not wrong, it looks like she released twelve、uh, albums、um, in her life, and they were all released in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. So, a really long time ago. She's definitely more into filmmaking now, but she's also a philanthropist, supporting World Vision, World Vision International, this humanitarian organization, and she's been doing that for a long time. Like she really supports the thirty-hour famine or fasting, and she's kind of a feminist, I would say, because she once said, "I still think Hong Kong's film industry is male-dominated." She also believes that there aren't many film、uh, male filmmakers who would write scripts for women. So I bet she supports women empowerment and, you know, more women in important roles that are had been stereotyped,、um, seen as stereotype roles for men only.、Um, you know, she never went to film school,、um, so all her film education was from the set. That's what she said. She's probably the only Hong Kong actress of the early seventies that's still who's still、uh, starring in movies. Now Sylvia's films have been accepted into the London and Toronto international film festivals. She's also held the record for the most nominations for Hong Kong Film Award for Best Actress, with nine nominations and two wins so far. In July 2000, something tragic happened to her, but it ended. I mean, it was a happy ending. Basically, her son, her nine-year-old son, then called Oscar,、uh, Oscar. Was、uh, kidnapped and held for ransom. It was really big in the news, and、um, but then he was found a few days later by the police, alive and well. And the kidnappers were apprehended. So, yeah, I don't know why they did that. Maybe for her fame, for her money.、Um, but anyway, here's another song by、um, Zhang Aijia. 这样爱你对不对 Is it right to love you this way?
计我还能相信谁？如果失去真爱，人们都无所谓，那么我又拿来那么多伤悲？如果真心付出是一种罪，我怀疑除了自己，我还能相信谁？如果失去真爱，人们都无所谓，那么我的心情又有谁能体会？这样爱你到底对不对？这问题问的我自己好累。我宁愿流泪，也不愿意后悔。可是我害怕，终于还是要心碎。这样爱你到底对不对？I hope you enjoyed、uh, Zhang Aijia, her singing and everything, and and do go and look up some of the movies and watch them、um, if you can. Sylvia Zhang, Zhang Aijia, and、uh, I I kind of personally like her a lot. She's not snobbish, and she seems like a really nice person. Really like to meet her in person someday. But、uh, in the meantime, enjoy her music. Thank you so much for joining me on Just the Classics. I'm Shirley Lin, and this one here is In Wei Ji Mo. Because of loneliness.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. 
Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.